All right, everyone, welcome back to the Luke Page podcast. If you can hear that, my voice, if you're wondering where's Luke gone, this is Luke. I've just uh, I've been sick this week, so I've kind of, I'm recovering. I've lost my voice a little bit. Uh, I, I actually um, listened to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and the host, um, they were sick and I, I skipped like the first few minutes because they normally have ads and I clocked in at like the five minute mark and I'm thinking, who's this dude? talking and I thought he must have had someone else on hosting the show just for the episode and I was I was about to like go into someone else's podcast but I realized he was sick so just in case you're thinking all right where's Luke gone this is Luke um but look today I have got um a awesome guest on Joshua Hardy um this episode we talk about so many things this guy you've just got to spend the next hour just listening to what he says this guy lives a very interesting life. He's a type of dude that pushes himself to the max. He experiments with life. Just having a conversation and listening in, um, you will get so many things out of this. So many inspirations, learnings, insights. You'll be gaining new perspectives. And if I had to summarize all of this, which was hard to do, I asked him, I'm like, what do I call this episode? Um, and we're going to summarize it with how choosing to challenge yourself is the secret to happiness and fulfillment. Enjoy. All right, here we go. You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast, the number one podcast specifically made for coaches. Get ready for out-of-the-box conversations from the world's leading coaches and experts. We're going to be talking all things business, health, happiness, and just being the most amazing human being that you can. Why? Well, I ask why not? You see, we're only here once. We've got one life, so let's make this thing count. I believe that we can have it all. All the money, all the love, all the joy, all the success, all the excitement. I'm here for all of it. And if you are too, then come along with me. Let's do this. What is up? How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm absolutely fantastically good. I'm actually... Nice, mate. Just making it... Yeah, I feel good. You feel good? Feels good, I'm good. Yep. Um, well, I, I wish I felt fucking amazing as you, mate, because I don't feel good. I've, uh, I've been sick the Why last... Why not? I've been sick the last uh, few days. My, um, I had, um, it's been a really tough week. I, uh, I had um, Louis, our, our son, he's, he's been sick the last week and a half and um, mm. in and out of hospital a couple of times, and so that's been a tough week just going through that. But then... Um, my wife Courtney got sick and then I got sick and it was, mm. uh, when was it? It was, um, gee, it was Tuesday night. So it was like Wednesday morning, man. We basically almost hit breaking point. Um, yeah, Tuesday right. night, um, Courtney's like struggling to breathe. So she had to go to hospital. And then, so I've got, I've got Louis, right. And Louis's waking up every 15 minutes. He's not sleeping. So then I'm not mm-hmm. sleeping and, there's like two things in my life that break me, man. One's lack of sleep, shocking without it. Um, yep. The second thing is when I'm sick and not like a sick where you, you can operate. I'm talking man flu style, yeah, where you're like on the couch. Mm. So one of those two things happened, shocking. Yeah, I'm just like terrible. I, I just turn into like my darkness, my opposite side. So I lose or I'm not positive. I'm grumpy. I'm, I complain. I suck. I have no hope. My optimism goes. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to know anyone. So I'm just like, you know, I want to disappear. Um, yeah. 
so that was all, I guess, I started getting sick and um, to the point where I was turning into that. So it was like a big night of Courtney was in the hospital. I had no sleep. I was getting sicker and sicker. Louis, you know, um, he's not well. Then our bloody dog, Sonny, he started spewing up and fucking shitting everywhere. <laughs> Mate, it was, it was nuts. It was, it, was, it was like a fucking movie, yeah. seriously. So, like, we kind of woke up the next morning on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. we were just buggered, yeah. We were so stuffed. Yeah. And Louis was a, a handful just because of he wasn't well. So my mum came over to take him, which was like very, very lucky because we just needed a break. We needed rest. And Courtney yeah. and I were like, hey, all right, we're just going to close the door, put the blinds down, and we're just going to sleep today, yeah. This was Wednesday. So mm-hmm. we put the blinds down and Courtney and I tucked into bed and Sonny comes in and we're like, Sonny's stuffed as well. He's had a big bloody couple of days because he went to the vet a few days before that so he's had a massive week a massive night we're like all right this is just our big sick day we're just going to lie in bed all three of us um and then we're just about to kind of close our eyes and then sunny good and then spews all over the bloody bed man and it was just it was it was the fucking point yeah where it was like fuck this So, you know, mm. went through all the sheets and the doona and everything like that. And, oh, man, it was a, yeah. it was a, it was a shit moment. So, um, rough. yeah, it was rough. But, yeah, we got through it. And, um, look, man, I can operate now, yeah? So, I don't care being sick like mm. this. Obviously, I'm not 100%. But I can operate. It's when I can't operate that's where um, yeah. I just turn into that piece of poo. And I just, you know, I'm grumpy and I've just got no yep. joy in life. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. So you've been awesome. You're feeling good. So fucking let's contrast yeah, it, feeling, mate. <laughs> what, I'm feeling. I'm feeling all right. What's going on with you? Why are you feeling all right? Share some all right. I'll probably just. Um, uh, I'm just coming off of the back of a PB ultra marathon on the weekend, and so yeah. every time it's like it's like one of those breakthrough moments. After that's been done, I can actually just I get a week to breathe. You know, yeah. I've I've earned that. I don't know what's the what's the analogy for it, but like. Yeah, if you accelerate a car, there's a period of time where when you take your foot off the accelerator, there's just enough momentum that you're still going a pretty similar speed, mm. but you're not actually accelerating. Yep. You know, so I had um, uh, I've had two ultra marathons in the last five weeks, and the first one was first one was still good, but it was and I still technically beat my previous record, not by a lot, which was a bit disappointing, but I still PB'd. Yeah, and then. Five weeks later, I've just done another ultra marathon, and um, actually PB'd like hardcore PB that one, and then so that was on the weekend. And so after those events, like I can't really do a lot. And so even though um, I've still been like working hard, put a lot of effort into uh, what my I guess my my mission and my vision are and my goals are, and and, and kind of move the needle forward on those. Mm. I also like didn't get out of bed till. I think it was like 10 o'clock yesterday. I had no clients in the morning. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to lay in, I'm just going to lay in bed all night or yeah, all morning and just yeah, chill yeah. out and enjoy that. But, but felt okay doing it. Yeah. And so I'm similar to you in terms of I thrive, uh, when I, well, to be honest, I think all humans thrive when they have a lot of sleep. Mm. Um, but because my ultra marathon that I just did was a 24 hour ultra marathon where I only slept for 30 minutes. The last one was 18 hours, which I slept nine minutes. Um, even when I have a night where I sleep like four or five hours, I'm like, I'm not optimal, but I'm more optimal than if I had, you know, slept nine minutes or something. So my, yeah, yeah. my, 
my what do you call that my threshold my marker what i'm used to as far as sleep goes although sleep is you know i'm like a fucking health and performance coach and sleep's number one thing yeah but as far as what i've conditioned myself to even if i get no sleep i'm like oh yeah she's all good i can handle that and Mm. i can still i can still remain like reasonably as far as my attitude goes pretty unaffected by sleep these days which is good yeah, shit. So, is this like a once-off or you're talking like you can handle it, you know, you're going a few days without sleep? Um, I've never really gone a few days without sleep, but um, do you know... Well, you know, you know what I mean? about the whole lack wh- of sleep, though. Lack of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I think the... Like, to put it in perspective, you know, like, these whoops? Like, I, I wear a whoop and I, I track my sleep and basically, like, mm. um, it gives you, a, I guess, a score on how effective your sleep is. And uh, very traffic light style, like red sleeps aren't very good at all. Mm. Um, like a yellow recovery is like kind of average and a green recovery is like, yeah, spot on, you hit your greens. Right. I don't think I've had a green recovery in the last five weeks and I'm just like not bothered by it. Yeah, you know, right. So I definitely noticed the difference in um, uh, cognition and my ability to... Um, uh, like a big thing for me is like memory recall. Like, you know, obviously I, I own a gym with, we got, um, 500 something members and most of those people, I know their name by, um, know their first name off, off by heart. And so when they walk in, I can acknowledge them as they come in. It's a big thing on what I do, but there's just times where like someone comes in, I'm like, uh, Hey buddy. <laughs> hey buddy. mate. Hey, hey welcome going, to mate? the gym. Yeah. Good to see ya. Hey, baby. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of that. When that starts mm. to creep into my days, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, like cognition's starting to fade a bit, and I need to um, maybe prioritize sleep a little bit more. But um, ju- just in how I've been choosing to navigate life um, for the last, like, I guess since since the end of well, let's say the last two months, mm. um, I've probably been the most reckless with my with my sleep and my recovery than I have been for a good couple of years. And 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 at the moment, I'm okay with that. It's not ideal, but I'm okay with that. So you've said that, um, so I don't know if I heard this right, and my talking about a bit of cognitive slowness, that's where I'm kind of at yeah. right at the moment. So you've, you've routed off a few numbers and things like that, which I've probably already forgotten. So uh, hang with yeah. me here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you might have said that, did you say you were like me in regards to you were always someone where you kind of needed sleep, but that slightly changed? Um, or you're yeah, just making it, a general uh, comment about obviously everyone thrives on high amounts of sleep and then you've just learned to be a little bit more adaptive. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's it's more... I would I would describe it as I'm a lot more stoic yeah. around um, my negative states. Does mm. that make sense? So, um, you, you know, a, a, big, a big part of stoicism is to be... Uh, is to choose to be unaffected by those of which you can't control. In this case, sleep is actually something you can control. But um, if your mood, if your mood is wavering, it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you have to then be wavered. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Like if your mood is wavering, if you're really down, it doesn't really mean that you have to then like allow yourself to drag yourself down even more. And mm-hmm. so um, the, the Stoics more like the, the thing that I learned the most was from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, which I found out later yeah. and. I guess more recently is that it very much is a stoic book and it's talk about like never complain about the weather because if it's cold, it's cold. You can't change the cold, but you can change how you respond to that. Mm -hmm. And so if you're feeling 
bored or depressed or sad or lethargic in or grumpy in whatever way yes you're going to choose, you're going to continue to feel like that but how you choose to navigate the next handful of moments whilst feeling like that um is still your decision to choose how to do that mm. and um so as a health enthusiast a gym owner a coach a functional health coach whatever you want to label me as i understand that physiologically everybody as a homo sapien will thrive when they have slept more like if we we work by four pillars of um health here movement nutrition sleep and stress even though i'm a gym guy and i'm an and i'm somewhat of an athlete sleep is still the thing that i that i prioritize as for oh, sorry sleep is the thing that i say is a priority if i ha- you know if like they say if you had a gun to your head and you could only pick one thing to focus on for the rest of your life what would it be mm. i would say sleep like if it was sleep nutrition movement or stress management it would be sleep because that's when all the magic happens is when you are sleeping it's really hard to maintain a high level of health and performance for that matter mm. if um one is not sleeping um but in saying that kind of like navy steel navy seal style goggin style there are situations when you are completely fucked and you feel like you're completely fucked and you feel like you've got nothing left in the tank and in actual fact you've got a lot more left in the tank and that's the premise behind ultra marathon is putting yourself in those states when you think you're completely fucked mm. and then choosing just to keep soldiering on and so most people would not want to train if they've only slept like three hours on that day but i've learned that i can actually continue to run another 50k's on and I've only slept for 9 minutes like I know I know that I can do that because I've done it I did it I did it a couple of weeks ago and um yeah so again even though I haven't been sleeping much this sleeping effectively much this week I'm still just like rolling into work like yeah this is great I'm still enjoying myself and still keeping my mood high because like my perspective on discomfort is completely different to what it was last week to what it was five weeks ago to what it was three years ago when I started getting into the endurance scene. Mm. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. My relationship with discomfort is, um, uh, I would say quite accepting slash resilient these days as a result of, um, you know, doing things like endurance sport and ultra marathon and, and also just trying to run a business, especially a gym through COVID hasn't been fun. So, um, <laughs> I, I feel like I've got quite a strong, quite a strong character these days, mm. uh, to handle some of the bullshit that, um, uh, a lot of people like can't handle, mm. you know? Hell yeah, man. Some people get grumpy if they can't, like if a coffee machine at work breaks down, they, oh fucking coffee machine's broken this is fucked my day's fucked and it's like well, well it's not it's not like you can you can see that it's fucked your day is fucked if you want to choose to see things like that but it's like at the end of the day it's just a fucking coffee machine you know like i think people um un unconsciously uh base a lot of their i guess their happiness or their well-being based on a lot of external factors mm. and if those external factors then change then um, like they just they become a bit like ungrounded or or whatever they get grumpy and you know it's like oh fuck like um coffee machine's broken or it's cold today or the sun's not out today or fucking you know yeah. it's like it's always something it yeah it's always something and and so that's a yeah that's what I guess is like the stoic way is to uh, acknowledge that there's always going to be some sort of bullshit that you got to deal with for the day but that doesn't mean that you have to uh, let that consume you I guess. 
Hey, I just want to quickly jump in here to tell you about this awesome new training that I put together. It's called the three steps to get to 10K a month as a coach. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making under 10K each month and you want to know how you can get there for yourself, how you can be doing 10K months, month after month, then you probably want to check out this really awesome training. I've kept it short, only goes for 14 minutes. You don't even need to opt in, so save your email for another spammer. To watch it, head to www.lukepage.com.au forward slash 10k i'm gonna pop that link in the show notes but anyway let's get back to the episode so um with the ultra for starters like how long is an ultra marathon an ultra marathon is um technically speaking anything beyond a marathon so a marathon's 42.2 k's so you you're really entering the ultra scene from like 45 k's onwards um as far as like Street clout is con- concerned. It's probably you'd say fifty uh, k onwards is an ultra marathon, um, but the events that I have been doing, um, the the two that I did this year, like on the weekend, was um, there. It's a it's less of a race, but it's more about a max distance. So um, the format that I did on the weekend was you had twenty four hours to run as far as you can, and it was just a circuit, and you just fucking ran around the circuit as much as you could. Oh, really? Yeah, in that okay. case, yeah, in that How case, I got 100, two and a half Ks, this one was. Shit. And so you just, you just send it around the circuit, and I, I clocked yeah. in um, uh, 130 Ks this this weekend. The guy that won it, he clocked, <sighs> oh, in, yeah. two, two, he clocked in 250. Are you he fucking just fucking... Yeah, so, like, what's the, the the gap from him to you? Like, what what place did you technically come in? Uh, I think I I came in. Uh, well, I actually I, I did a bit where I forgot to run. You, you, you wear a tracker and it logs you. So I yeah. came seventeenth, but yeah. I ran a couple of laps accidentally without my tracker. So if I had have kept wearing my tracker, I would have mm. come in at about like fourteenth, fifteenth, yeah. um, at one hundred and thirty k's. The guy that yeah, the guy that won it was there was two only three only three people got two hundred Ks and beyond. They were the top three guys. And then everyone else was like between like a hundred and fifty to hundred and ninety or so Ks that that clocked in. So Man, that is just it was fucking wild. Insane. Yeah. I mean what you did is insane. Um Yeah, I'm stoked by it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Like what where what's the drive, man, to do this crazy shit? I mean, that's why I wanted to get you on. This is out. By the way, Third fucking podcast, mate. Congratulations. You're, you're it now is. Back, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're back yeah, holding the title what... again because um, you did have the title of running two episodes, but I got a yep. few other people back on, so I've had multiple on, people yeah. on the second, but you're the first for yep. number three. I'm the first third. I'm the you're first, the first third. third, mate. I'm but, st- yeah, I just love chatting to you about, like I said, man, We I don't yeah, have anything particular to, to chat to you about. Yep. I, just, I love that you do weird shit. I love that you push yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I just think yep. that um, you know my audience, not only myself, but my audience can get a lot of um, just learnings, man, from just how you show up in life. Yeah, because uh, I think just I like think, you said, yeah. with your um, how your level of comfortable in life, like you pushing yourself, and it's like what you've experienced through getting through your ultra marathons. Mm-hmm. How much that's yep. opened your eyes to, okay, man. I used to think not getting eight hours sleep, that was uncomfortable. If I had to go through a night and I only had a couple of hours sleep, that was uncomfortable. But fuck, man, when you go through this shit, new perspective, yeah. this is uncomfortable. That stuff yeah. is nothing. Yep. Um, so, yep. 
what was I saying? So, um, yeah, man, what's like your drive Ooh, behind just doing all this shit? And this is this is hardcore stuff, man. Like this is like stuff that, yeah. you know, it's serious. Like you could fucking die from this stuff. Like that's how intense it is. So like, mm, yeah, this ain't just stuff you just go. Oh, I'm just gonna do it. Like it, it's you're committing your whole life to it, man. So like, what's the yeah, drive behind yeah. all this? Um, it's a great question. A question I get a handful of times, and it's something that I get to. Th- it's I, I like the question because it. It really makes me understand myself a little bit more as to why do I do this more and more and more. And um, the interesting thing about doing these things is the reason kind of does change every single time. And so I'll I'll side I'll sideline that because there's a comment that I want to make on that in a moment. But uh, my my core reason for doing this is that my personal mission is to be um, a public speaker. That's my what I really feel like I'm here to do, and and what lights me up the most is to be a public speaker. Uh, mm-hmm. In any sort of fashion, where it's being on on podcasts or on stage or in interviews, and I want to dedicate my life to uh, writing books and running workshops. And so, in order to do that and to obtain that value, my goal is to become uh, a build a wealth of experience. And so that when people get on, like when people come to my stage talks, I'm actually I've got a lot of interesting stories to tell, and I've got a little, lot of um, experience to share as far as helping people achieve whatever is whatever it is I'm trying to help them achieve, whether it's like the, I'm running a workshop on strength and conditioning or endurance sport, or whether I'm running a workshop on how to chase your dreams and be motivated and challenge yourself. It's um, I have always found that I am the most fulfilled when I am teaching, coaching, storytelling, and speaking. That's effectively why I do this. Is that mm. I I I have a core belief that. Um, uh, I don't have a saying, whatever saying I'm trying to say. It's like experience is more important than qualifications is what I'm saying. You know, is I, I want to have a wealth of experience um, by doing these things. So I do these events. I put the time in. Uh, I strive to achieve a level of mastery. And I understand that that can only come by putting in the minutes. And the minutes add up to moments. And the moments add up to days. And the days add up to the years and so on. Mm-hmm. And um, that's gonna th- that's me building my vehicle, my wealth of experience for doing that. Um, but then sideline to that, which is the overarching, that's my my lifelong mission and vision is to is to navigate my life so I'm making progress on that goal. Is um, there was a a comment on? There's another um, like endurance runner. He's in Dubai. He's, he's a motivational speaker. He's like, you know, a decade or so older than me. And so he's, he's ticked off a lot of the boxes that I personally want to tick as well. He runs his own gym in Dubai and all this kind of stuff. And he's done a bunch of crazy shit. And he posted a photo of his toes and they're all fucked up. And he was like, this is my trophy cabinet. And some dude was like, why do you even fucking do this? Like, you're going to die at the end of the day anyway. Like, none. this is just going to be completely meaningless. And it was the day after my ultra and just my off-the-cuff... I decided to go into the comments and I responded to him. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to write this comment. And mm. the comment that I wrote was my off-the-cuff comment at the time. And what that was was um, I said, everybody has their reasons. Put yourself through an experience like this and you'll find your own. Mm. And it, that, it was my comment, but that resonated with me quite a lot is because when I then asked myself, why do I do this? Obviously, my main reason is for doing... Um, is to build the wealth of knowledge. And I have a saying within my career is like, um, uh, glorify your strengths and work on the weaknesses that hold you back from your strengths. Because we have so many weaknesses, we can get caught up trying to fix weaknesses that we're just constantly trying to fix problems. And in my case, sport 
is my passion and my strength. Athleticism is my strength and endurance and mental resilience is actually a bit of my strength. And so I like to take this endurance mindset because uh, that's an opportunity for me to develop the skills that um, I am good at and, and, and it's put, putting me in the storytelling realm. And um, that keeps me within my passions, but from more of a, uh, a philosophical route is that pushing oneself into the pain cave and pushing oneself through things when one is tired and uh, choosing to do things consistently day in, day out, um, that is character building. And you don't, I, I believe everyone needs to build their character because a strong character is, is really a core thing that people need. And it's a core uh, attribute within people that I value. And I, I look for, when I look at my business partners or my clients or I look at um, uh, sexual partners or relationship partners should I say is like I I filter people by their strength of character and the more I strengthen my character the more it works me up this like I guess echelon of humans that I want to surround myself by but the the journey of constant self-discovery by choosing challenge, finding out more about oneself and meeting other people that also choose to do that is, again, one of the most valuable things I've ever happened to come across in my, you know, my journey of life. And the, it's a thing that I wish to encourage within people. And so when I talk to, I guess, my audience on, you know, I say, you, go, you guys don't have to do ultra marathons like me, but what I feel you should do is challenge yourself like me so you find your edge. And I, I think um, when humans, both males and females, when we choose to find um, our edge and we choose to find comfort and when we choose to find uh, put ourselves through challenge of any way, what, it's about finding your edge, finding your threshold of what you're capable of and, and, and nudging that across life. It's really that's effectively the only meaning to life as far as I'm, the, the far as way I look at things is like life is so meaningless in the big picture, you know, like there's fucking billions and billions of stars out there and then every single star is is fucking planets on planets on planets and solar systems and solar systems and we're like this tiny, tiny, tiny... Thing. So in the big picture, we're fucking meaningless. But as humans, the things that make us happy and the, the ability to experience emotions and feelings is a very... is, <clears throat> excuse me, really what makes life worth living is that when we... When we um, aren't able to feel emotions or feel experiences when we end up not enjoying life or feeling depressed because we're stuck in one emotion or we end up, you know, killing ourselves for whatever reason. And, um, you know, maybe a, a friend of mine recently actually committed suicide because he was just stuck in depression, for example, you know, and that, that's yeah. why it's fresh on my mind is I'm like, he, he was stuck in a singular emotion, which means he couldn't get out of that, which is why he had to end it. And so with life being so meaningless that is the privilege to attach whatever meaning we can and whatever meaning we want to, to therefore do what we want and extract whatever meaning we have. And I have found that the most fulfilling thing to do is that um, I kind of believe emotions are somewhat of a spectrum, is that in order to feel extreme highs, you have to experience extreme lows. And in order to experience extreme lows, you experience extreme highs. And so the, there's, there's, a, there's a polarization of what you get to experience within, uh, I guess, life. And... Only the people that have experienced... It's like you can't experience one without the other. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And so I have found more fulfillment, more enjoyment, more happiness, um, more than I've ever experienced in my entire life as a result of 
uh, choosing those challenges. And what I've also found, which I found really, really fascinating, is that when I used to just pump heaps of drugs into the system and eat fucking MDMA for breakfast and all this kind of stuff, I would be chasing the extreme highs and then they would always be followed by the extreme lows. But then when you flip it and you chase the extreme lows, you just automatically get the extreme highs. But the extreme highs are more fulfilling. They last longer and they become experiences that, that shape the way you see the world and see people. And and when I was dealing with my own issues with addiction, I was um, there's, a, there's a biochemistry aspect to dopamine and our neurochemistry to when we pursue challenge the dopamine reward as a result of cho- uh, choosing challenge is higher and more extended, more sustainable than if you chase the dopamine high itself, i.e. through drugs or stimulation or whatever. Right. So that is yeah, that what so we're kind why. of... Um, because, yeah, man, I'm, I'm the... I wouldn't say like I'm extreme as you in regards to... Like I'm the same and I just have to be... <laughs> I have to be doing shit I haven't done before. I have to be going to areas that I haven't been before. Like because it's the... The discomfort makes me feel alive. If I'm not doing it, yeah, I just feel yeah. empty inside. Even if I've got everything, you know, that the typical person wants, right? Even if I've got that all around yes. my life, I just feel like I'm just there's no spark in me. So I'm yes. addicted to yes. that feeling. So it's it's ultimately yeah. it's, it's just chemicals. Is that we're just addicted? Yes. It's almost like hey. I can't get this chemical feeling that I'm addicted to anywhere else. So you learn that, yeah, well, if I want to yeah. get it, shit, I've got to be doing this crazy stuff. I've got to be doing this stuff that makes me scared. Um, I've got to go mm-hmm. into these areas. unknown. That's all well and good for you and I, but what about someone who doesn't have that? Because, I mean, I'm so, I don't know how it fucking happened. And I don't know if yeah. you know your story, but how the fuck did we get addicted to it? So it's almost yeah. like we've got this thing pulling us into what we need to do to get what we want in life. So we've got yeah. we've got the we've got the secret. We've got this thing pulling this this magnet pulling us into areas of unknown and discomfort. So we automatically grow. We have to grow. Yeah. But yep. for people where they're like, man, I know that I need to do all this scary stuff, but I just too scared. And I'm too stuck in my comfort zone. Is there like any hope for that for someone like that? Yeah, there is. There is cuz we're all humans and we're all humans and therefore we're all entitled to the same, ex- the same experiences that um, every other human has access to. And, and when I say experiences, I'm talking about um, the things that make us happy, which are unique to each person, right? Because someone might say, well, I wasn't born into a rich family or whatever and et cetera, et cetera. And that is um, the people that I feel the ones that struggle the most from my own experience, my own perspective, are actually the people that were born into nicer lives than the people that were born into worse lives, uh, and I feel yeah. more of a, I feel more of a privilege that I have um, ended up in the situations I've ended up. Obviously by choice. However, um, I was born into a set of challenging circumstances. By no means were more challenged than many people. I would say most people would actually, ha- maybe not most people, but many people would um, have a harder story than me. So I would never say I had a sob story. I wouldn't claim that by any means. Mm. But I was born into enough challenge for me to fucking hate my life. Mm. And I was born into enough bullshit. I wouldn't, not born into, but I was living in enough bullshit for a long enough period for me to like say to myself, this is fucked and I don't want to deal with this anymore. And the constant challenge that I was then experiencing, whether it was psychological or social or internal or external, whatever it was at the time, all of those challenges um, gave me that fuel to um, 
you know, I guess expand as a person. And so what I find most commonly is the people that are born into more comfort and born into more privilege are the ones that feel more stale and yeah. they're the ones that tend to struggle, they, they struggle to chase, um, uh, chase pain as per se. And so uh, it's a very complicated thing because it's like, what's the thing that's holding the person back? Is it, is it social? Is it psychological? Is it emotional? Is it mental? Is it physical? Um, usually, it's a it's a complete cocktail of the lot. But I think what people really need to understand is that um, they can. Sounds a bit cliche when I'm like, you can, but there really is actually nothing that holds people back from experiencing some level of challenge because your edge is your edge. So if someone's version of challenge is getting up at 6 a.m. every day, they can just choose to get up at 6 a.m. every day. I think where the problem is is most people don't want to. Hmm. And we, I, I found it very interesting that I read a book on, on Adlerian psychology and it really, really helped solidify some things that I was struggling with at the time. And, and, and I, luckily, I read it at the beginning of the, this year. But um, Adlerian psychology is you know, by a German guy called Alfred Adler, and he was around the same time as um, Carl Jung and uh, Sigmund Freud. But the Sigmund Freud, the Jungian psychology is more about traumas hold us back from from doing the things that we want. And I wholeheartedly agree that traumas contribute to the way we uh, interact with the world and people and things in life, and I definitely agree with that. Um, but what the Adlerian psychology has brought light to is that it's not always trauma. And the Adlerian argument is that it's it's never trauma, but I would I would kind of personally perceive it as it's a bit of both, is that he, he would say, instead of that we are traumatized that we can't do X, Y, Z, he would actually say we're subconsciously or unconsciously choosing the trauma or manifesting the trauma as an excuse to not do a thing so they can achieve something else. And so the example in the book is the girl, every time she wants to talk to the guy that she has feelings for, she, she ha she's blushing and she's got this blushing problem. She's like, I can't talk to guys because I have a blushing problem. And then his argument was like, you don't have a blushing pro problem. You're actually scared of rejection. And so you're manifesting a blushing problem in order to um, avoid the situation, which means that your, your deep-rooted psychological goal is actually to just not ask anyone out. That's mm. that's what he's getting at. Like you, it, it, yeah, right. it, it's goal focused psychology, yeah. and so when we look at people that um, are struggling to not um, create change in their life, there's actually an aspect of them very often that just doesn't want the change to happen. And then you could then argue is like, well, why do they not want the change to happen? Because they're in fear of something, and and it loops around. That's why I think it's it's um, like both an Adlerian and, and Jungian psych psychological perspective, if I'm hopefully I'm not getting too complicated there. But I do acknowledge that for most situations, there's, a, there's an element of choice there. And I also acknowledge that there also is an element of fear and an element of um, trauma there as well. And the, the thing that I still go back to is that choice is the fundamental word there is that, um, you know, if you've ever listened to the works of Stephen Pressfield, the, the, the War of Art, he talks about um, as an artist always faces resistance and people that face, whenever you face resistance, that is your sign to go into resistance. So he's, he's about pursuing resistance because the things that you're scared of the most or the things that you don't want to do the most are usually the things, if not always the things that um, carry the most reward for you. And he talks about how 
in order, let's say someone wants to become a millionaire, for example, they want to grow a successful business, but their perception of the successful business means that they're going to have more attention and then more people are going to hate them, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's this level of resistance that comes up and then they mm. like, why do I keep self-sabotaging? And then from the Adlerian psychology perspective, it's like you're self-sabotaging because you don't actually want to be in that space. Yeah. And so it, it, it really, to me, comes back down to choice and understanding that that you have to choose to face resistance or you have to choose to acknowledge that you're being lazy. You have to choose to acknowledge that you're avoiding your traumas. But at the end of the day, you still have access to... You, you get to choose if you feel good. You get to choose if you feel good. You get to choose if you feel bad. That's, that's the point. People with cancer, they can still choose to find happiness in those moments. You know, people that are dealing with depression, they still can choose to, it, it might be hard for them, but they still can choose to ask for help. They still can choose to get out of bed in that point in time. They still can choose, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's yeah. very complicated because, like, for example, the, the, the thing that got me was that I was struggling with, like, with drug addiction for, like, a good couple of years and, like, I just couldn't crack it. I was like, why the fuck can I not go sober? And I got to this point, I'm like, I'm going to be fucking dead by the time I go sober. This is how slow I'm going. And I just, could, I was seeing psychologists, I was seeing life coaches, I was fucking doing, I was just, I was reaching out to as many people as I could, but I still wasn't taking full responsibility myself. And I, I said, I was like, all right, tell you what, I'm just going to go sober because the 30 day, pro, the 30 day protocol um, for is to do a dopamine detox and just to go sober for 30 days. So I, I cut caffeine, I cut alcohol, I cut weed. Weed was the problem, as you know. Are you still doing weed? Nah, so I'm I'm sober at the moment. Um, yeah. I've had a f- I've had a few drinks here and there, but alcohol's not a problem for me because I haven't been drunk in yeah. like 2016. I think was the last time I was drunk, so it's not an issue for me. Um, yeah. but smoked smoked a lot of weed in that time, and so I'm like purely sober. Um, I'm I've just finished drinking a coffee, so I have those in there. But yeah, I, I did the 30 day sober protocol, and I'm like, I'm just gonna go 30 days sober no matter what. When did you do because this? I can just grind that out. Uh, beginning of the year, and now it's been 120 days, so I'm, I'm, I've got some good momentum. But yeah, right. that's when I picked up the Adlerian Psychology book at the beginning of the year. I was like, I'm going to go sober because like, I was like, what's the trauma? What's the trauma? Mm. Why don't I just go sober and then I'll figure it out as I go? And then I just fucking put my foot down and grind it out and I went going sober. And then I found that really one of the main reasons why I wasn't going sober is just because I didn't want to, I didn't I actually didn't want to stop smoking weed. And the truth is, I still I still think about smoking weed every single day, and I still think about smoking weed every single day even more than what I did fucking ninety days ago. I've like I hit like a hundred days, and I'm like, okay, sweet, I'm past the bell curve, and I hit like a hundred days, and it's just got harder and harder and harder and harder, and I'm like fucking this close. You can see my fingers; they're touching. I'm this close to fucking (laughs) cracking, and so I'm just holding out. You just got a doobie in uh, your top pocket, just waiting to go. (laughs) <laughs> honestly, honestly, I just fucking. Are you gonna bit... like? What's gonna be the point where you're like, okay, I'm gonna give myself a reward? Are you scared of that? Are you fucking scared to go? You know, I'm gonna have one just to give myself a reward. But you're scared that you're gonna get back into it. Uh, yeah, like scared is definitely a good word, but it, it's more like I just know. <laughs> I just know. I know where I'm at right now, and it's not the fear that I will be like that. It's like the knowing that I will be like that, and the knowing that I am like that. Mm. and some of the some of the courage I got to go sober was realizing that I was like I had this epiphany on my I think weed's my meth like weed's the thing that I love so much and that's why I can't do it 
And I had this, because I, I still think about fucking KFC all the time. I'm like, why do I still think about this shit? But it's like, it's because it tastes good. It is good. It doesn't You feel like shit when you eat it. I haven't had, I haven't had fast food in, in five or six years as well. And I just, because it's been a complete no, I find for me as a personality is um, I'm like an all or nothing kind of guy, an all in, all out. And so... I just if I if I smoked again, things would just I would just go back to it. I just know how how quickly I would spiral back down. So I'm just still choosing to hold out. I know I know for a fact I will smoke again for sure. Like th- there's at the funeral um, next week, there's probably going to be a fucking humongous doobie getting smoked at the um, whatever you call the after party or whatever it is because um, the dude who um, passed away is actually my best friend from my late teens early 20s mm. which is when i was punching all those drugs back in the day and so there's going to be a fucking big fat old spliff getting smoked in his name yeah and so if i'm high as fuck during that that could very likely happen we'll see how we go um i'm also going to thailand in in december as well and um weed's weed's legal in thailand so i'm like well i guess we're getting fucking high in thailand now so that's i, I know that know will happen legal there i thought it was legal i thought you get but, your head chopped off I, yeah, so did I. But I only found out. I only found out as I was booking the flights because it was. Um, <laughs> I got a. We got a. We got a bucks night in Thailand. I was going to say that's why you I was book, looking at. That's why you booked the flights, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I found out. I'm like, we're legal in Thailand, so. Um, you got a bucks in, look, the, in Thailand. Yeah, I got a mate's bucks in Thailand, and ironically, it's the same group of mates from like my high school era, which the last holiday that I was ever on was in 2016 mm. with those guys and that was the last time I'd been drunk. So, um, I'll be going to Thailand to fucking get high and wasted, get loose and then come back to Perth probably. We'll see how we go. I'm sure I'll come back to Perth. So, what's imagine that you're... Um, whether it's um, next week. Did you say next week the funeral was? Is? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, Thursday. Let's just say it's you're at the funeral or whatever it is, the mm-hmm. wake and the doobies yep. getting passed around, you're like, you know what? Fuck, yep. you just got to, man, this is my mate. He's, he's, he's passed. Yep. I'm going to suck yep. this one yep. in. What's going through your mind yep. as you're doing it? Are you like giving yourself a break? Are you regretting it? Like what's happening? Um, look, moment, moments moments like that, I can only, like, I can't speak for myself until I'm in that moment mm. because that will be that will be an emotional moment. Uh, that will be, there'll be plenty of tears, uh, but there'll be, you know, those like fulfilling tears when you're like crying with your mates and being like, this is a special moment. Mm. And so I, I can't really comment for how I will be slash feel in that moment. Um, but how I feel now is I feel strong, but strong is in both lights where I actually feel strong enough to say no. Mm-hmm. I also feel strong enough to be okay smoking that doobie and not relapse because of because of the situation and and the nature of it um he was like my drug buddy the 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 guy that's passed we we just they're like so many good stories from just getting fucked up together Mm. and so um i can i know that i can lean on the fact that you know i'm not gonna just fucking relapse in his name you know what i mean i'm actually gonna there's an, there's enough strength behind that for um uh for that to be an okay situation and because of the nature of it it's somewhat of an extreme situation is dealing with like a, a, a I guess an old best friend who's passed mm. um I 
there's no grounds for me to be upset at myself. I can't I can't come in like be on Friday and be like, oh, I fucking I'm a piece of shit. I fucking smoked at my fucking best mate's yeah. funeral. It's like yeah, it's yeah. your fucking best mate's funeral, man. Like, yeah. like I'm only human, you know. So, mm. um, there's I've also learnt to be a lot more forgiving with myself as well, which is um, I'm glad I've learnt that now because not being forgiving to yourself is a fucking uh, it's a rough time. It's a rough mm. human experience to not be able to um, forgive yourself for a lot of things. So, hey man, really so, yeah, sorry should to be, hear about your mate yeah. as well. No, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, things happen. Things happen. Yeah, I lost and, one uh, of my good mates you know, um, uh, from to cancer, but he was um, yeah, th- thirty-three. Yeah, yeah, so it's um, it's fucked. Hey, it's fucked. Fucked. Yeah, when someone's that young, like my dad passed from the same cancer, but I mean my dad was uh, seventy-one, yeah, so it's kind of like he yeah. had lived most of his life. Um, so it was yeah, like acceptable yeah. in a way, but, uh, when it's someone yeah. that young, um, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. And that, that's the thing is like, death is a very humbling experience and it, it, it kind of death then reminds me that, um, life is meaningless as much as it is meaningful yeah. because we all die. And every time someone dies, it reminds me of that. But then I also get reminded of, how fast people move on and how fast we have to move on. Like even our own, what we say to ourselves is like, well, life goes on and like it happens, you know, and that's part of the coping mechanism, but it's also part of the truth. And it's that even when we die, it's going to be a terrible moment for everyone around us that cares about us. But then the world will just, it just gets, it just has, it has to go back to normal and keep operating. And so I think there's a bit of liberty in being able to understand that. That means that means that all the things that, we used to think about like, what do people think of us? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't want to fucking do my social media. I don't want to put my sales videos out. I don't want to do these sales calls for my business because I'm, I'm upset that I'm going to get rejected. Like, we get to realize that that means fucking nothing if if we are going to pass away at some point and then it's just the world's going to return back to normal. But then also in someone like passes away because my mate was 32. So, I've yep. got a 32-year-old that I've lost. You've got a 33-year-old that's lost. Hmm. If you actually knew you had that much time, you would make those 32 slash 33 years way more meaningful than than anybody else that have, has had in their entire 70 to 80-year lifetime. You know what I mean? And so, knowing that life can be meaningful, as meaningful as you want it to, I, I think it's because we can. It's, it's the same, the same, that concept of choice is that, when you realize that you can just choose to make life me- as meaningful as you want to, then you can just choose to do it if you want to or you don't want to. You know, and I think deep, deep, I think honestly, I think deep, 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 deep down, we all want to. I think we mm. all want to. I think there's just a usually fear, fear, fear or confusion that we actually are allowed to. Do you want to have like, do you want to leave like a legacy? Are you like, I, I want to do this, I want to achieve this, I want to leave this? Does that play in your um, mind? Do you think about that? I, I w- absolutely yes, absolutely. I wouldn't uh, call it as, uh, as 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 much as a legacy because I used to say the word legacy, and I think a legacy is a good thing. But um, the term legacy, my ego perks up yep. when I when I hear legacy. Not for everyone else, but when I hear the term legacy, my ego is like, "Fuck yeah, Josh Hardy for life!" Like I don't, <laughs> I'm not statue, so much mate. about that. Big yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah, the fucking big horse in the fucking six pack and massive guns, you know, bigger than I actually was in real life. You know, e- ego kicks off with that. But 
um, I'm not I'm not interested in ego's interest in that, but I'm not my heart's not interested in that. Um, but what I am really solely interested on is being as impactful, as positively impactful as possible every single moment. Like just doing the best I can every day, every moment, every week, every year. And and do that until the day I die because that is actually what gives me the personal um, that's the meaning that I like to attach to my days and my moments because that that's when I feel the most top notch you know that's when I feel like I'm I'm getting the most out of life is um, when I when I'm living in this ma- in this manner and that's uh, that's a part of my core values is to just fucking give every day a solid send and so what people used to ask me why do you run so much i'm like because i fucking can because every time i look at someone in a, every time i look at someone in a wheelchair i'm like oh fuck yeah fuck. like i'm like fuck I, i'm fucking privileged like i am privileged and when you know like every time i look in the mirror and i'm like fucking you got a good smile josh and then i see other people that just don't have the dental hygiene that that i've got then i'm like fuck i should probably spread this smile a lot more you know like just yeah, the I listen to a lot of philosophy. That's why I'm always constant, constantly toying with this idea of meaning and not meaning. And it, because of the co- the size, the sheer size of the cosmos, we are life is meaningless. And what we discussed is that life, in order to die, you actually create space for life. Before, you know what I mean? Like things mm. we need things need to die in order to provide the space for life like we literally like use manure and fucking um we, we like the amount of resources that are that are from dead people things yeah, we yeah, need yeah. them to create the new life you know what i mean yep. if, and yep. so um the, the there's beauty in that but also like you stoicism is a really good way as well and um and a few other um uh philosophies and i guess religions talk about it is like there is no meaning, but there also is as much meaning in terms of um, the ripple effect. Like every single thing that you say and do, every action that you take, actually, it, it equals something. If you get up early in the day, that equals more time for that day for you to do stuff. Mm. Every if you if you give someone a compliment, a compliment will equal a positive response in that person, which will then equal a lift in their mood, which will then equal it's a literal chain reaction of things, but if you say something negative to someone, then that will trigger a certain thing with them, then which will then change the way they spend their next moment. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I so I have this view is like, although life in a way is meaningless, every action that I take means something. Yeah. You know, the more the more coffee I drink, the more dehydrated I might be, or if I drink tons of tons of fucking water, I'm gonna piss more. Even just like that's a physiological response, but then the more time I spend pissing, the more time I'm not talking to people, connecting people. But then maybe mm. if I choose to not drink water for the next ten years, then I'm gonna fucking have some sort of like urinary problem, which means I'm gonna load up the healthcare system <laughs> more and more. You know what I mean? Like it just mm. you can say it in any way you want. And so I, again, I choose to live every day by just fucking I just call it give it a fucking send. You know, give yeah. every day a fucking send <laughs> because. Um, because why not? <laughs> yeah, why that, not? Let's that's fucking what I do love 24 about, hours um, worth of push-ups or running, you know. Yeah. That's what I love about um, with coaches because, you know, with me teaching coaches, um, it's just the yeah. ripple effect ultimately. If I can enable a it coach is. to become successful, they're going to teach so many people and the people they teach will teach people. Yes. And I think it just Absolutely. has so much power to really, you know, put yeah. a lot of goodness in this in this world. Um, yes, Absolutely. 
Yeah, so... Fuck, I had so many questions come up, man, over like the last... I can imagine, yeah. 15 minutes. Like and billions then, like, of I, questions. I'm like, fuck, I want to ask that. And then I like, go to the next one, I'll lose that. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I want to ask that. Um, where are we at? We're at yeah. 49 minutes. I know we normally go for two yeah. hours. I want to make this one a short, yeah, yeah, yeah. short one. Which nah, is, I did. Which is very I did hard deliberately, Which is I know, hard. I know. I deliberately scheduled a client like after this meeting so that I wouldn't be too, um, too what do you call it, too late. Well, because like I said, I could fucking I could talk forever. Oh, it takes so. two to tango, mate. It's it's us both talking. I'm asking you the questions. And I'm dropping comments. So it's uh, no, it's both yeah, of absolutely. How's us get there? Um, yeah. Let's go. Last thing. Do you want kids? Fucking oath, I want kids. Fucking oath, you want kids. This love is, kids. This is what screws me up. This is kind of going back to what we we're talking about before. In regards to traumas and regards to uncomfortable upbringings, and I, mm. I ask the question: It's all good for you and I, where we've got this addiction to this discomfort, yes. exploring yep. the unknown, yep. and that does so yep. many great things for us, and it helps us achieve all these amazing things in life, and it helps us feel great and alive. Yep. And I said, well, what about the yep. people that don't have that addiction to chasing the uncomfortable? Yeah, and this is one thing yep. it always screws me up because, yeah. Um, I've got a kid now and uh, we will produce yep. more little kitties and, um, yeah. you know, a Go big part me. of what I do ultimately is for my family and always said mm-hmm. I want to create the family that I didn't get growing up. Now, my family's great yeah. and I'm so happy that I mm-hmm. got my family. I'm so happy that I got my parents. Yep. But um, I, I'm like, you know what? And same with my wife. She had a challenging upbringing with her family. We're just like, we get to now create, customize it, and we get to do it our way. Yeah. And the thing that screws me up is this thing here, is that, hey, if I didn't get the uncomfortable shit growing up with my family, yes. yeah. I wouldn't be who I am. So this is mm-hmm. the thing that screws with me is that yes, I want to give our kids all this love and support and comfort but then, fuck. Yeah. I don't want him to be that person who just sits on the fucking couch. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? All the time. Yeah. All the time. And I've got some, I've got some like, great responses in that. Mm. Actually, if I may, I'm sure you're going to ask me our responses, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've got some great responses on that, if I may. Yeah, hit us. The, um... The first one is actually a conversation I had with one of the um, one of the fathers in the gym, and I was talking to him about what my kids would be like, and and I was saying some things that didn't resonate with him, and he he said he goes he goes the job as a parent is to um, help the kids find out who they want to be, and help them find their strengths, and help them work on their weaknesses. That's the role of the parent, and says so you just let them be whatever they want to be, and. It really like it grounded me a lot because I was like, my kids are gonna be fucking in my shadow, and that's what I was talking about. I'm like, I'm gonna be a millionaire. Like the the thing that I always ask, the things I always ask parents that are successful is, I'm like, me personally, I plan on on achieving really great things, and I plan on being very financially stable when I have kids coming through. And so I'm like, how do I teach my kid not to be an ungrateful little cunt? Like, how do I not? Fuck <laughs> yeah. How do I? How do I not do that? And one of my clients, actually, he owns a business as well. And he goes, they won't. He's like, they won't because you're not a cunt. I was going to say, like, if you're not, not being one, well, they shouldn't be one, isn't it? Exactly right. Yeah. Mm. 
And so the next two things that I'll call on as far as my feedback for that is um, uh, Robert Green is my favorite author and Jordan Peterson, who is just someone I, I like a lot, what, a lot of what he says. But Jordan Peterson, I stumbled across um, uh, something that he said, which really resonated with me. He's like, the job of the parent is to prepare the child for the real world. And the real world's harsh. Like, it's actually harsh. Mm. And so the job of the parent is to actually not constantly like nurture and nurture and nurture the, the child, but actually put the child, like give the, ch- the child challenging feedback and to give the child, um, uh, not put the child down, but actually give them negative feedback to challenge the way they think, to harden them. The, the goal is to harden them mm. so that they're hard in the real world. Otherwise, if you soften them, they get in the real world and then they end up soften more, even more soft and they get crushed. They get yeah. crushed. And so yeah. I resonate with that. And the other thing is what um, Robert Greene talks about, and I believe it's in The Laws of Human Nature, his book. And what he talks about is generational trauma, effectively. And he's like, every generation has to leave behind baggage. It does. Our, our parents basically left behind fucking World War Two and all the damage, the, 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 the ripple effect damage of World War Two and the baby boomers and or every, you know, our whole generation is like, get a fucking job, get a house, get a dog, get a uni degree. That's what mm. the common the common narrative is, and and we're like, it's not like that anymore. And so, but what he talks about is like, in order for you as a new generation, you have to accept that you your responsibility in life in society as a civilization is to restore the shit that your previous generation left you with. But then, because you're going to choose to focus on that, you're going to leave a different there's going to be another thing that happens yep. as a result of that exactly. and it's it's yep. inevitable and yep. so the, the 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 life thing is that in order for you to choose to do something you're then deliberately choosing to not do everything else and it's quite ironic that i'm noticing the amount of time i said fucking choose in this podcast is that it seems like that's my theme of the talk is is choice is that um as a parent you have to choose that um so y- y- as a parent you have to choose to accept that you are going to leave some sort of trauma no matter what. And you also have to accept the fact that um, it's your responsibility to teach your child to choose, to make choices and choose challenge. That's effectively what it is, choosing challenge. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, the, my personal current strategy um, for what I am going to approach fatherhood as of now from what I, who I am now, what I know now. I haven't even had a fucking kid, so I know I'm going to be a different human when that time comes. But I know that I'm going to choose to work for the rest of my life. I know that I'm going to choose to operate with the same set of values or the evolved set of values I have now is like being honest, being authentic, being hardworking and choosing to contribute, knowing that this ripple effect thing is a thing, is that like my kids are going to role model themselves off me. And so if they grow up and their dad's fucking running business, public speaking, writing books, getting into philanthropy, I'm going to allow my kids to be surrounded by, like it's not about the level of success, it's about how hard I'm going to choose to continually work and how much I'm going to continually choose to challenge myself. And my ch- my children are going to see that. Yeah. And the ironic, the ironic thing is that one of the things that was... Um, a challenge about my childhood is that um, I barely spoke a word to my dad for majority of my teenage years, like a good old decade, hmm. because he was working. He was working and providing for the family. And so I developed, a, a, I was disgruntled towards my dad because he, I didn't 
spend much time with him. Um, and the way we interacted was quite uh, stale, as per se. Yep. And I, um, I was angry at him coming out of my teens. But then as I realized now, I was like, I have this subconscious outrageous work ethic and I've always outworked most people that I've worked with because I never saw my dad because he was hustling. And so I just, I developed this role, this this subconscious patterning around um, just being an outrageously hard worker. He was always, before I'd even got out of bed, he was already at work. He was at work Mm -hmm. at like fucking 5 a.m. in the office. He was a 5 a.m. arrive, like a laptop open at work. So he'd be up at like quarter to four every single morning and he'd be going to bed about 8, 8.30 and I would never see him because he was already in bed by the time I come home. And so... Um, but uh, the, the patterning of the role modeling of, of choosing to work outrageously hard was something that I developed within myself. And so that's why I'm so big in of choosing to have a strong character, choosing to challenge yourself to develop your character so that the people around you role model themselves off you. And that's within leadership that I do now. You know, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to take holidays and shit all the time. But also, and I, fuck, I want to smoke dope all the fucking time. <laughs> but if I smoke dope all the time, the ripple effect of doing that it really affects all these other areas of my life and my business that just aren't, they just can't happen. Yeah. And so again, it's, it, it's choosing to be a person of strong character. I think it's almost impossible to raise shit kids. If you have a strong character, mm. it, it, it's, I have this thing that I say, it's not what you do. It's how you do it. It's not the level of success I achieve. It's, it's, it's how I achieve that success. And it's not it's not what I say to my children, it's how I say it to them. It's not what I do to my kids, it's how I treat them, how I raise them. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And and I'm I'm quite I'm I'm quite confident that even though I'm not a father and I don't most of my friends aren't fathers and the ones that are only have literally fucking newborns, I am already quite confident that what I am speaking now and how I'm going to choose to approach fatherhood and that, that's actually why I'm not, I know I'm going to be a, a father is because I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, I'm genuinely yeah. excited to 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 be that role model, and 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 to do good because I know the ripple effect of doing that is going to be quite outstanding. And so, um, I'm very confident that that mindset is going to allow me to be a fucking good dad. Hey, I hope you're enjoying today's episode so far. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date because we release a new podcast every single week. And if you're getting value out of this, then share it. Share it with the world. Share it with someone that you know that would also benefit from it. And hey, tag us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page and we'll give you a shout out for the support. Thank you so much. Let's get back into this. Yeah, I think with Louis... Um, one thing that I know that he's going to get with us, unless shit happens to the unexpected, which, I mean, that's life. Unexpected yep. shit happens. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. If I look Absolutely. at it, okay, he's going to have money. Um, he's mm-hmm. going to have a lot of love. Um, yep. He's going to have all these kind of like, say, for example, you know, people that a lot of successful business owners, entrepreneurs come from no money, yeah? So because mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. gone through tough times, they're like, okay, that's a major drive for him. Now, he's not going to have that because we will have yep. money. Um, yeah. Love, a, a big driver for a lot of people when they don't have love, yeah? Mm-hmm. He's going to have so much. Yeah, he's going to have stacks of love, yeah? Like one of the things I really want to teach yeah. him is self-love. Ah, uh, shit. Yep. Imagine being taught yep. self-love. So there's all these things where I'm like, okay, I can give him all this stuff. Um, yeah. From that, I'm like, okay, if I give him all these comforts, is he going to be one of those just comfortable people? So how do I, then this is my train of thought. How do I counteract that? And it's almost like, 
get him used to uncomfortable shit. So I almost, yeah, in a way, plant it or put him in situations, yeah. nudge him, push yeah. him. And I've already, I've already started doing that. And I'm like, like for example, last night, um, he's uh, in his bedroom. There's a, there's a bed. There's like kind of like a single bed in his next to his cot. And it's like got mm-hmm. two mattresses on it. It's a little bit higher than normal bed. And he's kind of at the age where he can get off a bed now. Like he kind of puts his feet yep. backwards. But he knows that that bed's a little bit higher than a normal bed. So our king-size bed in our master bedroom, no probs. He'll yep. swing his legs off the back yep. and then drop down. This one's probably mm-hmm. about an extra 15, 20 centimetres higher and he's got a free fall. Probably, I don't mm. know, 20 centimetres, 15 centimetres until he hits the ground and he's stacked yep. it a few times. So he's got that fear yep. now that, hey, I might not land it. So last yep. night I was kind of pushing him. I'm like, hey, I'm on the ground. I'm like, can't Louis come down? Um, and he's like, you know, kind of grizzling and he's like, you know, he's want to get down. He's pushing himself, but he's scared. He's yeah, kind of yeah, going yeah, in for yeah. it. He backs out. Yeah. He's going in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would put his legs into into position because he was only putting one leg down. So then I'd be like, all right, we're mm-hmm. going to commit, bro. We're going to put two legs down. And then he yep. he dropped down, he landed it, and he's like pumped. And I'm like, sweet, now I put him back up. I go, now you've got to do it because I put you in position and I made you commit. And he started sucking. Mm-hmm. So this is what I do. But like, shit, man, is he going to turn around, be a kid that fuck, you know, be one of those, I'm that typical dad that pushed him so much that they fucking hate me for it. So like that shit goes through mine as well, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's such yeah, a yeah. delicate, you just don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. You, you, ne- you never fuck. know. And I think you, <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, th- I think if you just, again, build those values in him that, that he can then look some of those lessons he won't he won't overcome until a couple of years later like mm. in hindsight we start to understand and so i think as long as you develop those that strong character in him again and the values of um of of, of having good reflection and, and being an honest person and, and the ability to um uh like look at things twice if that makes sense and not take things for gospel then he'll be the person that will figure that things out Mm. you know they're they're those core it's more about developing core values in people rather than specific skills yeah i think what obviously you'd you'd yeah i was gonna say what you said before about um letting them figure out themselves and if you're this if you're this great model to them because there's showing them how to show up and then there's forcing them how to show up Mm -hmm. The showing them how to show up yep. without the force, that's when they want to do it. They get to choose and that's yeah. where it's like it, yep. it sticks with them. Otherwise, if you force them, you run the yep. risk of them yep. rebelling against it. Um, yeah. So, absolutely, that's, that's a good one. I loved how you said that. So true. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Bro. Strong character and good values. Um, yep. Where can... Uh, love the chat, man. It's always sick. Love, yeah, you're going to keep on absolutely. coming on, hopefully, if you, you choose nah, to want to keep on coming on. Um, you've been a public speaker. Like, as soon as you said that, um, you know, my vision is to build one of the greatest programs for coaches in the world by 2030. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, a part of that, cool. I'm going to be running massive workshops. So I'm going to be having worldwide yep. audiences. And, dude, I'll be fucking... You'll be one of the first people that I ask to come along for you a speaker. You hit me man. up. Would love to. 100%. Yep, yep. Um, yep. Where yep. can anyone listening to, to this... Can uh, where they can they check you out and find you? Uh, I'm most active on Instagram. I'm actually on all social media channels now: Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube channel is actually my major focus at the moment. Going to long form content, so there's a lot of stuff coming out. But um, my handle across all platforms is the Joshua Hardy. So T H E J O S H U A H A R D Y. Sick. And just quickly, 
as in what do you sum up that you do? Obviously, you own a gym, but if anyone's listening and going, fuck, man, I'll, I want to work with this dude. Like, what's he actually do? Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a functional strength coach and I am a teacher of the holistic way. So, I basically lifestyle and train people, lifestyle coach people on movement, nutrition, sleep and stress, which is primarily your strength programming, your training programming and your lifestyle habits to suit that. And I do that online and I also do that primarily through my gym, which is in Midvale, Western Australia. Go West and go WA. Guys, if you've... Uh, if yeah, you, go WA. Yeah, go give Josh a follow and, you know... Go reach out to him, send him a DM and share yep. like one of the top. I know there's probably been so many, but just share something that you got out of this talk. You'll appreciate it. So, Joshy, yep. third time. Yep. Thanks for coming on, man. Yep. Much love. Appreciate it. Thanks, bro. Hey there. I hope you loved today's episode. If you did, I would really appreciate if you could leave us a review on the platform that you're listening to this on right now. You see, your help and support allows us to spread this podcast across the world and we can't do it without you. Apart from that, make sure you're following us over on Instagram at Luke underscore page.